0: Hey. Hello. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a
1: minute. We're back. <laughs> I know everyone missed us so much. <laughs> uh, I, I can't tell you how many fan letters we got. <laughs> Coming in around the clock. Uh, where have you guys been? <laughs> we, yeah, we had to get
0: back on here.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. well, please.
0: A, this is a good one because this is uh, something that everybody's
1: talking about and it's everywhere. It's true. It's a very relevant, relevant uh, topic and conversation today. And it's like, no surprise, we're going to dive in talking about AI tools. And, you know, this is the thing with all these new AI capabilities that are coming out. One, they're new. And two, they can be very helpful in many, many ways. But it's an important it's important to remember that when you have something that is fresh, it's bound to have some flaws. So that's exactly what we're going to touch on today. Really more of which AI tool is best for which tasks. So we're going to compare ChatGPT, Google Bard, and Microsoft Bing and shine a light into kind of the pros and cons of each and and really what you should use for what you need and get it all sorted out. So let's hop to it. <laughs>
0: marketing and a mic. We are here always to give you a variety of digital marketing tips, trends, guides, topics, anything digital marketing. And really comes down to it, Sarah, we're just really wanting to help business get results. So today, AI, it has been everywhere and it's already altered how we all do our work and hopefully Mm -hmm. by simplifying a lot of time-consuming tasks, but there's a lot to it. So these language processing models all pull their data from different sources. So that's the first. I don't know if you call it a problem, but that's the first thing to note. Yes. This means the content that they're giving back to you may not always be accurate depending on which AI tool you are
1: using. So that's our big disclaimer right there. That's a big disclaimer, <laughs> yes. And so let's just kind of talk about the features and capabilities of each of them. And we're gonna just lightly go into this because I don't want to give too much jargon. Make <laughs> we don't want to be in the weeds. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to be in the weeds and we don't want to get tongue tied. So we're not going to do it. I can't promise you that. I cannot promise you that. Okay. I know. That was what I was thinking. I was like, oh boy, am I really going to get Glenna to, like, <laughs> what, what am I saying? Um, okay. So let's kind of just talk about this real quickly. So the, like Glenna was saying, they all use different language processing models. So what does that mean? Well, Chad GPT, they use GPT technology, Bard uses L-A-M-D-A, which is is basically all you need to look at it as, is like it's different car models. And so it's, they're going to be different under the hood. And so uh, Bing, although Bing is collaborating with OpenAI, which is uh, ChatGPT, they're actually fine tuning their AI search engine to help modify responses for the end user. So Really, what that means is that each one of them are using different AI technology to pull their data. And this is also going to give you different results. And this is something that many are starting to discover or have discovered of, I search the same thing and I'm getting different results. It
0: blows my mind. I know we've talked about this on our um, our meetings that we have in our company and Um, talking about all the different things about it, it can really, really get confusing, but it also can be a great thing. So the first one that everybody probably knows is chat GPT, or that was really one of the first ones on the scene that everybody has jumped on. I mean, by the hundreds of thousands of people, everybody wants to try it. So let's talk about this. Chat GPT can understand natural language queries and can provide relevant relevant responses. It can also perform, I mean, a wide range of tasks, including language translation. It can answer questions. It can give you summarizations and so on. It can also generate text response in a variety of styles and tones, which is kind of cool. Like you can tell it. No. I mean, Rob was doing one the other day, a friend of his, he's like, do a Dr. Seuss poem about John Chambers, the realtor. And (laughs) it was hilarious. So the tone and the style was Dr. Seuss. But anyway, I'll have to show you that. You have to. That sounds hilarious. You could do some funny things and really be um, creative in your writing and other applications. So you can have a lot of fun with it.
1: Yes, that's true. Uh, So it's using this advanced technology. This is what's kind of cool about it. So to help create engaging and interactive conversations with users and by combining sort of this natural language process and machine learning, it's kind of adapting to different types of conversations, which really can make it useful. And I think the most useful feature would be for like a customer service chat box, for example. Because it can adjust based on the responses in the conversation.
0: Yeah, and we're using it for our content, or just at least at least giving us ideas for content. So it's mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing, especially when you can say no, make it a funny thing, you know. So then it can change it from a serious tone to a funny tone. So it, it's just a really fun thing if you need it for um, to help you get started on content. So sure. all right, let's move on to Beam. All right, now this is kind of new. For mm-hmm. most people, because most people aren't used to using Bing. Um, but Bing AI is a search engine developed by Microsoft, and mm-hmm. most people probably know that. And it's based on Chat GPT's latest technology, Chat GPT 4. Now, probably doesn't mean much to most people, but yeah. one of the key differences that Bing has is that it is attached or has access to the internet, which is very different than Chat GPT. ChatGBT only has access to all the data that it was trained on. And this is a very, very important fact. It only has data up to 2021, the year 2021. So if you're asking it anything afterwards, um, you're not going to get a good answer or a good return.
1: That's exactly right. So Bing uses an AI driven natural language process to understand users' queries and provide relevant searches. So it can also do other tasks, which is like provide weather forecasts, news updates, and sports scores, and obviously do it in real time. And it can also be used for image and video searches. Um, and like we said before, the great thing about this is it's it's a search capability. So it can filter and fine-tune search results as needed.
0: It can, as long yeah. as it's not Google. no. <laughs> And we're going to find that little glitch here because it is Bing. It is Bing. So, all right, let's move on to Google and their um, option here, which they call Google Bard, uh, B-A-R-D. So unlike other chatbots that rely specifically on the GPT-based technology, Bard uses a completely different technology, and it is powered by an extension of the LAMDA what do we mean by that? Well, Bard can perform tasks like answering questions, summarizing information and creating content, but it has so much more flexibility, or at least most people think it does. And in some eyes has a lot more data because, well, it's obvious it's connected to the internet, number one, and it's connected to the Google search database. So that, you know, it just makes sense that it would have access to more
1: information. Yes. And that's key. We're going to kind of say this a couple more times to this is that while they have internet search capabilities, it's really only aligned to their platform, so to speak. So The great thing about BART is it can help users explore different topics by summarizing information from the Internet and then providing links to relevant websites so that they can get more in-depth information. Um, While this platform has been trained on human dialogue and conversations, it's important to note that Google folds in search data to provide more real-time information.
0: Yes, exactly. All right. Now, All of that to say, we are going to move into the user experience now and the applications and um, how you can use them. So what's even more interesting that although each of these provides seamless responses, each one of the models can provide an entirely different response to the same question. That's the problem.
1: It can <laughs> it's be a important. big problem.
0: We've <laughs> yeah. got a big problem. All right, <laughs> It's important to understand where they're getting their information or where they're pulling that data so that you can determine which one you want to use for the response that you want. So we'll break that down. So you're gonna to have to think about what am I gonna use this for and then make the determination of which one makes the most sense.
1: Yes, that's so true. And that's key because it's not all things created equal mm-hmm. in this for sure. So, all right, let's 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 go into ChatGPT. So ChatGPT was trained on a vast collection of texts from different sources like books and Wikipedia and scientific journals and news articles. So the training data had a cutoff date of, 2021. So it doesn't have access to any type of recent or real time events.
0: Yes. And that's the, to me, that's the biggest draw that you need to take from chat GPT. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not going to be able to understand who won the Kentucky Derby last week in 2023 or where to find the best hamburger in Birmingham today, or even what the weather forecast is going to be, because those are all recent things. OpenAI though recently recently rolled out a plugin that will enable it to start retrieving online information from the internet. Now this is the key or the little gotcha. Um, it's still in its alpha phase, and you do have to get on a wait list to be able to get access. But the wait list is moving pretty quickly. I think all of us, any of us that have tried to get on the wait list, it's only taken a couple of days. But as you can imagine, everyone's flocking to it. So, yeah, you know.
1: that's absolutely true. Yeah. Right. So, and again, it's still rolling out and it's the, the beginning. So, just be uh, cautious, cautiously optimistic, we'll say. So, how to best use Chat GPT? This is really what you came here for. So, it is verbally flexible, yeah. which makes it great at generating human like text. Um, and in a lot of cases, it can make it difficult to tell whether it's a human or AI being behind that piece of writing. So it also uses two things called reinforcement learning and human feedback to create interactive responses that adapt on user feedback. Um, So it could be used to translate text from one language to another. So really it just comes down to thinking about it in terms of content. Of uh, what you're trying to do, um, and we'll kind of got, get into those best uses right here.
0: <laughs> best uses are things not to do, like um, let's not write our school paper using ChatGPT or yeah. our our thesis for our college um, right. course let's because not. the schools have jumped on this and can tell when you're using it. <laughs> yeah, they're on it. All right, let's, let's talk about best practices or best uses. So the best use for the ChatGPT is for chatbots language translation, product descriptions, blog posts. Oh my gosh. It's so awesome to say instead of spending hours trying to think of blog post content, write a blog post on this. It's Mm -hmm. it's so awesome. Content creation, which we use at a ton for long form um, summarizations and lengthy, boring, dull reports, which nobody wants to write. (laughs) (laughs) However though, yeah, if you're using this, you might want to be a little cautious. Like Sarah said, limitations. Some of the data can be outdated or even biased because it's only giving you what it has learned. So users should avoid using chat GPT for content that is subject based versus factual or scientifically based.
1: Yes. Yes. Something that's like subjective. um, You need to tread lightly because it's not it's not emotion based and it's not you know what I mean? So you have to be real, real careful with that. So, okay, let's move into Bing. So Bing is not a conversational-based platform, so it's important to know that. It's rather a search engine model that's boosted by AI. So this really enables users to use Bing to provide them with more complete sort of chat-like responses to their queries. But additionally, users are able to respond to those search queries with follow-up questions. That's why it's kind of got that nice filter capability so it can fine-tune responses based on what you need.
0: Yes, they were the first one to take this to a new level and connect it to the Internet. So that's really important to think about. So let's talk about how best to use being AI and what you would want to use it for um, personally. So it's best for getting information, again, from the Web. Some examples. I mean, you could get calculations, figure out mathematical equations, currency conversions, some other things. I mean, getting weather forecasts, something that's current, tracking flats. Flat, there we go. Yeah, there it is. Lights, <laughs> statuses, um, stock quotes in real time, anything that's real time, you'd be able to get this. And refining search results can give more weighted and specific information
1: for you. That's that's really key. So it's important to note that although Bing is derives its data from the internet, this is the disclaimer, it only uses data from the Microsoft Edge database. This means it's not pulling anything from Google. Mm-hmm. This can be limiting because based on different types of searches that you're doing. So, for example, if you were to ask it, which we did this the other day of reviews for, say, a particular restaurant, it's not going to pull any reviews from Google. So what does that mean? It's really not going to give you true results of the quantity and quality of reviews. So the results are skewed because of that.
0: Yes, we even tried. We were like, tell us how many um, reviews Fusion One Marketing has. And it only gave us reviews from Facebook
1: and TripAdvisor. Yeah, TripAdvisor was something that, yeah, it was not even relevant (laughs) to us. (laughs) And first, it
0: didn't even have the right amount. So anyway, yeah. So you have to almost double check some things. If you're really going to use this stuff, for you know, you need it to be factual. Um, So... Let's see. We already did. Where am I? Best uses. Best uses for being AI. Okay. Yeah. All right. So again, finding the latest information, asking complex questions, as long as it's in (laughs) being, solving math problems, um, generating images, which is kind of cool, and draft up comparisons. Now, limitations, we, I don't know how many times we have to drill this in but it can provide inaccurate and false and biased information because we're being biased here it can also misrepresent information since the data collection excludes google i mean you know Mm -hmm. everybody thinks that google has all the answers so it also is not conversational like chat gpt and Bard. yes this is this is true
1: that's that's important and it's really interesting, though, the the, the cool thing I will say when, we, when I said draft up comparisons is it will put a lot of stuff side by side, almost in like a table format. So it does try to help you give real refined results on what you're oh, doing I haven't used it for that. That sounds really. But see, so much. It's, it's endless what they can it, do. It is. It's endless. OK, now we're going to move to Google Bard. So Google Bard is. By and large, it is by and large more limited because it's very new. It's really the newest AI tool to come out. I mean, that could be a whole show about how they were just scrambling to kind of get up to the rivals. Yes. But <laughs> it's excellent at carrying on conversations and it can provide cohesive responses, sound natural and process human qualities. It also can produce text in multiple languages and be useful for language learning if you're trying to learn a new language. Yeah, I think. It's safe to say Google Bard.
0: Well, I'm not going to use the saying that it got. <laughs> let's yes. say it got surprised. But <laughs> yes. another saying that wouldn't have been as nice. But I think it got surprised, and it's they're playing catch up. I think they have hundreds of engineers working on Google Bard, trying yeah. to make it better and the greatest, latest thing like they're used to being. So, uh-huh. all right, best uses. There's best uses of Google Bard. So Google Bard can also react to queries. In an instructive approach, okay, because it has access to all that immense data from Google search. So here are some of the benefits of Google Bard. Number one, it provides accurate answers to questions using advanced AI algorithms. If it can be found on Google, let's remember mm-hmm. that. It can find information quickly and easily. It even offers, this is pretty cool. It offers an AI assistant that can help with items like scheduling and time management. And it can pro-
1: provide conversational style responses. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. It is. So it's not without its flaws. So some of the information may be inaccurate, um, not helpful, or just plain Incorrect. So users have also complained by BARD's lack of like personalized feedback or guidance to help users understand complex information. So it's it can have limitations in understanding, say, a complex query or one that's sort of vague in its context. And then it's not as explanatory as people would hope for um, if you're kind of stuck and needing more context. Yes.
0: It, it's good for getting deeper insights on specific topics because it's going to have more information than any place else. Mm-hmm. It can quickly understand all sides of a subject and versus a straightforward response, which is more like the GPT or um, right. chat GPT. And it will also give you real time information. That's very important. Again, it's hooked up to the internet. So Limitations though, here we go again. Google Bard can still give you a biased amount of data. Um, it is trained to provide multiple perspectives, but it cannot verify input from any one primary source. So, what's ha- what happens when, this, when that happens? Um, it can generate inaccurate and biased misleading information. Who knew that not even Google knows
1: everything? Who knew? Who <laughs> what knew? do we always
0: say? Well it's on Google, so it has to be true. That's no, yeah. not exactly right.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's kind of like everything. You just you need to Uh, do your due diligence and fact check. So here's kind of our final takeaways from this is that all three of these language models have advantages and disadvantages. So ultimately the best platform for you will depend on the task that you need to accomplish. So all of these tools are constantly improving. So we'll just kind of expect that it's gonna keep getting better and better as time goes on. So, Yeah. That's it. That's it for us today. Uh, That's what we want to throw at you. So hopefully that helps you know which platform or which AI tool to use for the test that you need. And it can help in your own world.
0: Yeah. And the world as always is changing
1: very quickly.
0: Technology is taking a new step into all of this AI stuff. So, um, Hold on to your seats, I guess. Yeah, hold <laughs> on to your hat. <laughs> That's hit. hold on to your hat and sit in your No, I don't know. Anyway, if <laughs> you have more questions about this, we would love to help you out. And do not forget that our podcast always goes live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can catch the replays on Instagram. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have all this information and lots, lots more to help you with your digital marketing plan. So anything we can help you with, let us know. And until next time, we will see you then.
1: Bye.